Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was our finest. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. And I have a weird penis. I mean, I'm Andre. Wow. There we go. It's both are true. <laughs> now guys, maybe you joined us for last episode for President's Day. We talked dick, dick, dick. Just all about dick, dick evolution, early dick history, everything about penis, right? That was all just laying the groundworks for an explosive, revolutionary episode about dick. Yeah. This episode about dick. Yeah. Basically, it was a prequel about dick. Yeah. For this sequel about dick. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful situation. I can't believe we're doing two episodes about penis. Like, I'm still in a place where I don't understand what we're doing. Just turns out penis is that full of a subject. Yeah, it was too much. It was too much. I had a lot of incognito tabs open yeah. in my web browser. Really? You did them in incognito? Uh, yes. You don't, you don't want Google <laughs> holding on to that. Yeah, data. I didn't want Google to think certain things <laughs> about true. me based That's off true. of what kinds of it's animals' true. penises I was trying it's to true. see. It would have been like 20 tabs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bird dick, reptile dick. That is <laughs> actually the that case. That is literally what happened. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> anyway, okay. So, welcome to this, our penis part two. Okay, everybody? I don't think there's that much else to say about it. Let's just start talking about We're going to really delve into many types of penises. Yeah, starting with Andre's, but we'll get into that. Let's do this thing. Thanks. Okay, so, you know, I think it's worth saying that the original impetus of this episode, uh, at least for me emotionally, personally, was actually Andre's penis. Yeah. (laughs) Andre, outside at the taco truck, described very eloquently the nature of his penis and its early history. Yes. And that actually made me wonder about the early history of penises writ large. So I think it's uh, about time that we hear from Andre. Andre, tell us about your penis. Well, I mean, the modern state of my penis is actually... That it's very normal. Oh, um, yeah, it's just twelve inches. It, <laughs> yeah, average length, you know, twelve With two inches heads. plus or minus six, six and a half inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, normal uh, dick. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, I was uh, I was minding my uh, my sixteen year old business when uh, out of nowhere my mom like offhand mentioned that I was born hypospadius. As our moms often do. And I don't know, the way she mentioned it, she like assumed I knew, but like I didn't know what she was talking about. Right, right. It's a strange thing for your mom to suddenly say like, oh yeah, remember when you hypospadias, ha? Huh? You don't even know what the word means. And yeah, no, so apparently, because so I'm Jewish and born in the US, so the statistical likelihood that I would be circumcised is pretty high. But in the religious tradition I belong to, circumcision usually happens very early, within the first like week or two of birth. They waited until I was about a year old because they needed to use the skin that was being um, 
You're harvested, man. The foreskin <laughs> yeah. that was being harvested from my penis to construct <laughs> the rest of the urethra that I, at the time, did not have. Whereas my foreskin was merely harvested for agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say for, like, uh, Sandra Bullock's face cream. <laughs> yeah, for oh, I assume they made it into hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> <laughs> well, so no, in this case, it had a biomedical purpose. That's beautiful, Andre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the condition, can you say it for us one more time? Yeah, sure. So my understanding is that, like, the urethral opening, if you have this condition, it can start anywhere along from the base of the penis to, like, just below the tip. Mine was sticking out about halfway down the middle of my penis. Hmm. Huh. But some people have it all the way, like, right where the dick meets the balls. And yeah. that's apparently, like, that actually affects people's ability to naturally reproduce. Whereas, apparently, my corrective surgery was purely cosmetic. The placement of mine right. wouldn't have actually... I mean, that kind of makes sense. If your dick hole... Well, so, and hypospadias is what we're talking about. If your dick hole was at the base of your penal shaft and the ball sack, yep. it would be hard to breed because you just would have to, like, scissor rub... Like that region against your mate, right? Yeah, That's I'd have true. to like get a turkey baster involved or something. Although it yeah, would yeah, take yeah. managing pulling out very different, right? That's because true. that would be a very different type of situation. So yes, Andre, <laughs> good job. You had hypospadias. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got over it. You got over it, buddy. It's not you said oh you were about a year old. Yeah, when, I was when a year old when I had the surgery. And I was about 16 when I found out I had the surgery. <laughs> so uh, out of curiosity, how does a doctor refasten a dick hole? Using foreskin. I don't remember. I was one. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you, you have to construct the rest of the tube. Well, what does that even mean exactly? Well, like... so basically what happens in hypospadias is that you have some premature kind of exit of the urethra. Mm. Right. Instead of waiting and getting all the way to the tip of the penis, right? It kind of made a little it made a little turn and uh, popped out somewhere to Albuquerque. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. And so that could be just slightly below where it would have come out anyway. It could be at the base or of the balls. It could be all the way down That's there. way too pre- low! Pretty much hanging out by the balls, which right. I've seen a picture of. Ridiculous. You come straight back <laughs> on your balls? <laughs> it's um, madness. We, yes. So it's it's always corrected when you're a baby, so nobody's nobody's coming with it. You know what I mean? Like these I are don't babies, know. Like, uh, it's usually corrected when the baby is between 3 and 18 months old. So Andre was sitting nice and pretty at 12 months, right? Yeah, right in the middle. But yeah, basically, the way that... I guess maybe to describe how doctors would recreate the rest of the urethra Please. from something like foreskin, describe. we should first talk about how the urethra forms in general. Oh, okay. See, okay. I thought it was really simple. Is like you as a fetus. Okay. Uh, and this is, I know this is not science. It's and then, myth. And then God puts it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andre just stole my thunder. <laughs> so Sorry. now that we know what me and Andre think, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, so we have an audience member for this recording, our cousin Andy. Oh, uh, Andy, and, yes. And Andy, Andy is is a, is a proctologist. Well, sh- oh. no, no, a dictologist. I was going to... Urologist. Urologist. I was going to say she's an artiste. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, proctologists are. But the reason why I bring that up is because, okay, there's a lot of ways to make a tube. Yes. Okay. So imagine you were working with clay. Okay. Ah. One way that you can make a tube is you could form the clay into kind of a cylinder, and then you could kind of poke a hole through that cylinder, right? That would make a tube. Yes. But another way is you could roll out the clay, and then you could kind of fold it up, sort of like a taco or a burrito or something like that, and that would make a tube, right? right. Basically folding it over. The folding it over is what biology likes to do, and it likes to do that for a lot of our tubes. But not this one, huh? Not for this one, too. Oh, it likes okay. to fold it up like a taco. Okay, so our dicks are like a taco. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, basically. Well, they fold down. Oh, right? okay, right? okay. It's so, like the top so, and then you kind of fold so it down under. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, but it's actually formed very similarly to how our spinal cords are formed, which is to say that the cells start out sitting as a flat sheet, and then they kind of form this little groove, this like kind of divot in that sheet that pushes down, and then the sides of the sheet fold up, kind of like uh. a taco. And then in the case of the penis, it folds down. Yeah. And then, unlike a taco, the edges will end up fusing together. And then ah, that'll make a tube. I hate okay? when tacos do that. So that, for me, is intuitively a good description of how a dick is formed. Way more confusing if I try to apply that to how a spine is formed. But I guess that's for another episode. Right. So the spine, when we think about spine, we're thinking about the vertebra and the bones and everything. But the spinal cord itself actually looks surprisingly like a dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some surgery to do after this episode. If you looked at a cross section yeah. of a spinal cord and a cross section of a penis, oh, that makes sense. Looks kind of similar to me. There you I'm go. just saying. There you go. When I was in my master's degree, I did a lot of sciencey stuff on the neural tube, which turns into the spinal cord. I bet you did some sciencey stuff on some guy's neural tube, didn't you? Is that, is that sexual? <laughs> is that a sexual thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> I think if I do sciencey stuff to a guy's neural tube, he's dead. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so the point is, there's this folding over and then fusion process, right? Where the cells fuse, mm. and that makes the tube. And so it's a failure of the fusion, really, that can cause these openings to form. And so with hypospadias, a lot of times, there's kind of a single opening somewhere too early. And that's because, basically, you fused too much later on, and you kind of caused it to curve and exit out of what's called the ectoderm, or the eventual skin, right. too early, okay? But actually, there's forms of hypospadia that are much more severe, where none of the urethra closes, and it's just like a whole open area underneath the penis. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is actually very similar to the penises of snakes and crocodiles. Wow. So some people are born oh, with a sorry. snake dick. Snakes and lizards. Snakes and lizards because those ones have basically like a semen canal. Wow. As opposed to actually being some a semen Some guys tube. have a semen canal. So it's just like when they come, it just like drops like straight out of their dong. Well, again, they get surgery <laughs> when they're babies. So there's no coming. Yeah. Well, okay, what about like in Central Asia where they don't have Western sciences? So I remember seeing in the notes that this hypospadias thing that happened to me is not that uncommon, right? One in 200, I think the note said. Yeah, it's actually, it's common as fuck. Yeah, so yep. that's like half a percent, right? Yes. Like, I'd be in, I, so like every day, like I pass more than 200 people driving to work on the freeway. Like, I'm passing oh, yeah. people. Think about how many people were in your high school class. Incomplete. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of those people didn't have penises. Think about that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay. Yeah, but it's funny because it's like, I don't know, anytime I randomly happen to mention this to someone, I mean, it comes up naturally. Like, you know, usually we're at least talking about circumcision. So then I get to, you know, Best come in with what, what happened. Like, because I am one of the rare individuals who had a use for their foreskin. Sure. You know, sure. so I like to mention that offhand sometimes. That's great. And, uh, and no one seems to know what hypospadias means. I think. Almost everyone who had hypospadias didn't know about it because they were a fucking baby when it got fixed. Yeah, whereas your mom bragged. Yeah, and your mom just explicitly brought it up when you were able to have memories. So everyone, after this episode, yeah, ask go your ask your parents yeah. if your penis was normal. Yeah, ask your mom if your dick got fixed. Yeah, okay. some of our listeners definitely have. You oh. may be in for a surprise. Yes, yes. We have 200 listeners. 
One of them. <laughs> At least one of them. Hopefully, besides right? Andre. <laughs> had Apospedius. Well, statistically, more of them are women than men, right? Shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, there it goes. There it goes. Not, okay. None of you have had hyperspace. But anyway, okay. So that's this is kind of like a fun quirk of an Andre slash human dick, right? But you know, we really we're here to survey the whole world of penis. That's true. And it turns out humans aren't the only ones with funny penises. Yeah. Although now that I'm thinking about it, there's so many kinds of dongs out there. Yeah. That like in reality, human penises are. About as weird as any other penis, realistically. It's that we've That's diversified true. dongs so much in the animal world that, like, really, there's all kinds of intromittent organs out there. Right. To use a vocab. Let's not be too that. normative about the human phallus. Yes, yes. Except for birds, because they're weird. I was about to say, but birds and echidna, they got weird dicks. I mean, yes. heck, the, just the fact that humans' penises are, like, just always out is kind of weird, right? Relative yep. to most yep. we'll get We'll get into that in a second. So, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, let's go ahead and discuss some of the dicks or lack of dicks that we find weird because we're humans. Yeah. And we just have these floppy dicks hanging out all the time. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. It's a break time. Stacy's laying down. What did I sign up to sit and listen in on it. Yeah, you're you're very You're the one with the dick. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's your dick that caused this. For the record, I didn't ask for this. Nathan was like, "Andre, you need to participate in this episode about your dick." You are yeah. very pro That's participating. Great. That's great. We're back. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Sean, I see in the notes that we're supposed to talk about bird penis now. Yeah. That surprised me a little bit because being uh, of half Korean descent, having lived in Korea, I've eaten a lot of cloaca. And so you you know, Stacey, what's the name of that dish? Uh, it's called she said dong- duck vagina. <laughs> dong chip? Dong chip. So like dong chip is sauteed. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, is a Korean dish that you serve with alcohol because it's very spicy. Okay. It's sauteed chicken cloaca. Wow. And it's kind of rubbery, and you just like quickly chung, 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 in a hot sauce, and you eat it with some some heat, right? Some some really cool beer. So I, I've eaten cloaca, right? And we all have. I mean, let's be honest. We've so, all eaten cloaca. I didn't know birds had penises. The late Louis C.K. has a joke <laughs> about, uh, like, how can you more completely dominate another species than to eat their vagina and yeah. stuff like that? And We, we definitely have, dominate chicken. <laughs> we have dominated that. And how he's afraid to eat duck vaginas, because then what if he loves them, right? Yes. You that's the that's all that part of the same riff. Vagina. That's excellent. That's the first time I felt really normal. Is when I had chicken cloaca and I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> Great. So yes, you're yes. at least more normal than Louis C.K. So so birds have a cloaca, <laughs> which is kind of the jack of all trades of exits from right. the body, right? right? Because it's the exit for the urinary tract, the gastrointestinal tract, so it's where they poop out of, right? And the reproductive tract, so it's where they come out. Which, of. by the way, is convenient and bad for all the predictable reasons, right? It's convenient to just like have one hole. For obvious reasons, but it's inconvenient because you get funny diseases sometimes, right? Right, yeah. There can be some cross-contaminations right. going on. <laughs> As it turns out, sure, birds got cloacas, but some birds have penises. Really? Although it's only 3% of birds that have the dogs. Okay. Okay? And for that, it's predominantly ostriches and seriforms. Okay. And seriforms are waterfowl, All right. predominantly. Like ducks, geese, swans. There is one kind of bird in the anseriforms group called 
screamers <laughs> that do not have a penis. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why they're screaming? <laughs> 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 yes. So they do not have dicks. <laughs> but the other anseriforms do. Um, <laughs> All right. And I think they're really popping off this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's plenty of debate as to why waterfowl kept their penises while so many other species of birds decided they didn't really need to keep them dongs around. Yeah. You know? Okay. But it is what it is. I don't well, think I mean, what's the... the debate? Okay. So, for example, one thought is that last time we talked about how tetrapods at some point developed internal reproduction. Right. After they moved on to land. Right? Particularly the amniotes. Right. right. And so, once amniotes had kind of figured out internal reproduction... Having a penis is really nice to get internal. Right, right, like right, right. actually right, get right. up in there. Right? right. But then at some point... As someone who's never gone back, <laughs> I do see the appeal from a distance. Some, your, your wife is pregnant. <laughs> um, Shh, don't tell him how it works. <laughs> oh, I'm um, so, so, but, you know, at some point, I guess some birds were like, hey, you know what? We're on land. We can do this little cloacal kiss and yeah. kind of rub our parts up against scissor. each other. Yeah. And that's good enough. Yeah. But maybe Think of all the time they must save. <laughs> maybe waterfowl liked being on the water enough that cloacal kisses would have just like washed away stuff. Ah, you know what I mean? They, they like have You can't water really do sex. that in the water. So if you want to bang in the water, maybe you really do still need to get up in there. You know, I still find banging in the water to be onerous and terrible. Yeah, and I have see, a penis. Duck sex does not seem pleasurable. Yeah, that's right? true. Because human sex doesn't seem that pleasurable to me either. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, male ducks are famously rapey. Right. right. We right. know this. Right. We know this. We so, know this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. All those other species, they're doing the cloacal kisses. I don't know if there's another good reason why Is, is cloacal kiss really the term? Yeah. That sounds like an Oasis album. There is another more sciencey term, which is cloacal aposition. Oh. Yeah. Cloacal aposition. Yeah. The A positioning of the cloaca. Nice. I like you clapping that. Yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen chickens do it. it. It looks like they're almost fighting for a second and then it's over. <laughs> it's like very quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're not there to have fun. Yeah. But with they're something there. like a duck, Fuck. ducks have that kind of corkscrewy penis, right? Yeah. To help it have sex with the corkscrewy vagina. <laughs> vagina! <laughs> the corkscrewy vagina. This pussy's over 9,000! <laughs> Female ducks, because they yeah. have a corkscrewy vagina. And their penis is, like, mainly stored internally. Oh. Right? They keep it on the inside. That makes sense. In the same area as the cloaca. Because I've seen a duck, and they always seem so smooth on the underside. Yes. They got that stored up. Yeah, they are. And then as soon out. as they need it, they blast that shit out. Okay. Really fucking fast. It's yeah. it's because that duck thought you were ugly. Yeah, that's If it were true. attracted to you, that penis would have been out in a second. See? Boy, that's why Andre doesn't go to parks anymore. Half a second. And the penises are like eight inches long. Wow. These are long penises. These are blast really out growers. In half a second. Yeah. And they just like, boom, yeah. right, right into the vagina. Yeah. Not pleasant sounding. I don't think that sounds so hot. Nah. I, it, I wouldn't want to get punched in the undercarriage. I guess I'm curious once. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm curious. <laughs> That's why we do this pod is for curiosity's sake. We can yeah. find you a duck. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but Andre pointed out all ducks think I'm ugly. Aww. It's a kind of a problem for that's me. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Maybe there's a goose out there somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, true. All right. So birds are weird. Okay, that's okay. Or a swan. Yeah, swans are also the, in the waterfowl group. 
They also fuck with dicks. They, they have dicks. That's they nice. have dicks. They're nailing it. Mm. Okay, so that's birds, though, right? Birds are a little bit more distantly related from us. They're weird. But we also have some mammals with famously strange dogs. Okay, most mammals, though. I mean, strange, like they got big penises, little penises. What else could you do with a penis to make it that weird? Just well, so some other animals have some weird stuff going on. Uh, I think bull penis is kind of S-shaped a little bit. There, there's like, there's different shapes to dongs that you can have. Right. Even amongst humans. <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah. Uh, often with hypospadias, yeah. you'll have a curved penis. Right. And so sometimes See, during I, surgery... I do not it. have peyronies. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's called. The curved penis. It's peyronies. It's, it's, I, I happen to not have that. My, my penis is... Do you know though? Within they, normal straightness, did they guidelines. correct it when they were correcting the hypospadias? Because you know, I, I don't actually know that for a fact. Because they, they mo- sometimes co-occur and get fixed in, during the same surgery. Do most my mom stars... didn't think to tell me about it when she was telling me about the early history of my penis. A lot of porn stars will have long and slightly scimitar dongs, which you imagine hits the O spot for some ladies, like real good. Do you think they originally had hypospadias? I think they grew up kind of like a bonsai tree, where you like you kind of shape it. Uh, you know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I don't know why. Okay, but anyway, so <laughs> humans got one dickhead, bulls got an S penis, but some things got four dickheads. Excellent transition, Nathan. Tell me about <laughs> it. Tell <laughs> me. <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay, look. Look. Yes, I'm looking. <laughs> We're mammals. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I make milk. We're a particular kind of mammal called placental mammal. Yes. Okay. Because that means we eat it. <laughs> we eat the placenta. I was talking to someone recently who was describing to me how they were tricked into eating a placenta one time. Tricked. And they were sad. What were they told it was? Was it like hors d'oeuvres? That they were like told it was chicken liver. Shower? That oh. it was chicken liver soup. What kind of? But it was of, placenta soup. What kind of placenta? Like from what species? Human. Wow. Where? China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they went to China. <laughs> <laughs> they are Chinese. I know, but there's a lot of languages. <laughs> You know, it's not it's not really a homogeneous nation, actually. You'd be surprised how many white women in the U.S. will consume their own placenta. I have actually heard that before because That's true. That's true. Uh, I was living in an apartment. My next door neighbor one time yeah. was having an at, <laughs> she, she was having an at home birth. Ah, and so she was warning me, being like, "Hey, if you hear screaming, it's because I'm giving birth." I'm like, "Oh, okay." But then afterwards, she was describing how, like, oh, and then after. The afterbirth and everything. We prepared that and we ate it and everything like that. And I was like, oh. Damn. I've heard of people consuming it two different ways. Being transformed into like appetizers. Wow. Like a pate kind of a thing. <laughs> but then also being more more professionally like dehydrated and put into like capsules. Whoa. To replace lost nutrients. Which is I think oh. why like most placental mammals like animals will eat their own placenta. Even yeah. like. Animals that are typically 100% vegetarians. Sure. You know? They'll still eat like, the placenta. Like rabbits will eat their own placenta. Horses. Yeah, but know. rabbits also eat their own poop. Yeah, uh, Andre did In specific wait. situations. Specific poop. Not all of them. Well, poop, humans right? eat poop in some specific situations. Like they're in Germany. We're, yeah. so off. We're so off course. <laughs> all right, look. Uh, Andre's uh, girlfriend, Brianda, had a rabbit that sliced off the balls of another rabbit and then it bled on and died. So rabbits do a lot of stuff with like a with like a little knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this <laughs> no, little... it's I mean with its teeth. It, oh, once it, you start tearing it, it, you you pull that thing, it'll just it, disembowel you. It was it's horrifying. It like fully bit off the yeah. junk. Yeah. Wow. So rabbits well, eat placenta. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a kind of weird segue back into that, but okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. So then there are other mammals called marsupials. Yes. Right? And marsupials, like koalas. They, got the, they got the pouches. Or Australians. Opossums. Yes. Yeah. Bogans, of yeah, course. Bogans. <laughs> <laughs> I got me a jail, you my boog. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then there's the last extant group of mammals, the monotremes. And monotremes right. are the ones that lay eggs. They're the weirdos, the platypus and the echidna. It makes right? sense that one of these would have a four-headed penis. Yeah, great. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, echidnas. They're the ones. You can yeah. tell what part Nathan wants to talk about. Yeah. yeah. They, their penis has four heads. Wow. Also, do they jizz out every head? Not at the same time. Interesting. So they only like fully, they only mm. fully inflate jizzy roulette two of them at a time and then will come out of those two but can kind of rapid fire back and forth wow and so they think that that's kind of the whole point of it is to like always have one ready to go i'm so right? jealous and so you can just kind of just keep blasting off into females just like boom and God, then turn dude. and boom and just like that's so crazy just always be jizzing mine's only ready every couple months wow that's nuts Doctor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds not right. I keep showing you my dick. You're a young, you virile man. you never give me any advice. <laughs> Medical doctor. <laughs> not a PhD. So, so yes, echidnas. Uh, echidnas have all kinds of weird stuff, though, actually. Their sperm packets, they really only ejaculate like 100 sperm at a time. Oh. And those 100 sperm swim cooperatively to oh. get to the egg. So it's only once they near the egg that they start competing with one another to like be the sperm that makes it or whatever. That's but not right. Until That's then, yeah. Until then, they're like these little socialist like soccer teammates. They're footballers, mm. and they're just trying to make it to the goal. It's disturbing. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and also their penis is only used for ejaculating. They don't kind of run. They don't their... masturbate with them. <laughs> what? No. You, <laughs> My you... dick is only used for masturbation. <laughs> Ejaculation and masturbation are not mutually exclusive. That doesn't make any sense. What are you saying? <laughs> um, they, they don't pee through their penis. Oh. Do they pee out their buttholes? Where do they pee from? Uh, they have kind of a cloaca similar sort of situation. Weird, dude. Yeah. That's a just weird a Different exit area. Wow. Yep. So echidnas are fun. Uh, platypuses don't have four penis heads. So mm. they, they are outdone by echidnas. But they do have two penis heads, one of which does not work. The left, the left head is the one that works. Wow. Which is interesting because in female platypuses, their left ovary is the only one that works. Huh. So for some reason, <laughs> they both have a right ovary that doesn't work and a right head on their penis that doesn't work. When they could have just had one of either one in the first place. It's, it's maybe a vestigial thing or something like that. Right. Could maybe earlier in their evolutionary history, they were like hermaphroditic. And so like they had Whoa. a working set of female genitalia on the left side and a working set of male genitalia on the right side. And then like at one point they differentiated? Or is that like Whoa, dude, crazy? That's some David Bowie shit right there. I think what's probably more likely is that at one point they would have... Both ovaries, functional. Maybe they would ovulate at separate times, so you're not sure which one was the one that's ovulating at a given time. And so having two heads on your penis would kind of increase your odds because you're shooting both directions. And you're hoping to get as close as possible to those little eggs. Mm. So instead of just shooting in one central location, you're like really trying to get up over there. That's my guess. 
That's my guess. Wow. I don't know if there's a. It's amazing. There's not how a solid fast track record. You can for... sound like a crackhead. What? When we're talking about dick. What? You know, because you're a scientist. Yeah. But like this subject reduces you to like, hey, you gotta get closer to. The <laughs> 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 so you just have both heads. Get closer to that. <laughs> I did my very best with this topic. I tried very hard. <laughs> you're almost there. All right. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> take a quick break. And we got to talk about dick bone. <laughs> yes. yes, we have to talk about Sequel boners. to monkey bone. Brandon Frazier. <laughs> the following is an actual advertisement. Entomology. The study of the little six-legged critters that most people don't pay attention to. My name is Erfan Vafai with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. And starting June 16th, we're going to learn a bit about a different entomologist every two weeks and discuss some of their most recent research. This is Talking Bugs. People knew, in terms of ecology, we knew a lot about predators, we knew a lot about parasitoids, but we knew very little about what pathogens were doing in the natural environment. It looks like it's just a cloud of bees. They have this emerging property of in combined intelligence that tells them exactly how they should operate. Uh, if you've read Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park, you know you want to be able to turn it off. You know you want a, a safety lever in case something something goes wrong. And that was me. I was working on a safety lever. You can actually get them to survive in liquid helium, which is you know <laughs> minus two hundred and sixty degrees, which is you know uh, one hundred and eighty degrees colder than has ever been recorded anywhere on the planet. You can do this. You just have to persevere. And so, if it wasn't for Tim Dennehy, I'm. I'm quite sure I would not be sitting here today. Subscribe to this podcast or follow the YouTube channel Six Legged Aggie to hear the most recent episodes as they are released. All right, we're back from our break. Wow. So, uh, Brandon Frazier, Canada, Justin Trudeau, Dick Bone. Yep. A lot of things have a dick bone. A lot of mammals do, yes. A lot of humans have dick bones. Why no. don't Americans? <laughs> <laughs> humans do not have a dick bone. Is it a so, diet thing? Uh, a baculum is the name for a penis bone. Ah, like Scott an Bacula. Ossified bone. Yeah, Scott, actually. Scott Bacula just has a dick bone. Hold on. So baculum is the singular. The plural is bacula. That is 100% <laughs> true. What? That is 100% true. Um, Quantum dick. <laughs> so it's an actual bone. In the penis. In some animals, they need that baculum to be able to get hard enough to fuck. Mm. That if their baculum is surgically removed, they cannot have sex anymore. Like what? Uh, like uh, certain kinds of big cat. Wow. So they are... Like they have erectile dysfunction problems. I mean, only if their penis bone is surgically removed against their will. Like, bro, penis bone is a crutch. All right. <laughs> well, see, but many mammals have this penis bone, including primates. Oh. Except for humans. Humans are weird. the only primate that don't have this penis bone. That's weird. Our closest living relative, chimpanzees, definitely have a penis bone. Mm. They also have little penis spines, which also humans don't have, which is nice. That's because we need to be able to tuck her dick in case there was like a Neanderthal woman who came to the camp and was like, I'm a fuck a human dick. And you, you talk and be like, there's no human dick here. <laughs> you walk up and be like, where's my dick? Someone took my dick. So since this is an audio medium, I, I feel like you didn't have to do that. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's evolution, though, is what I'm trying to say. Is like, because Neanderthal women. 
Well, I don't know if it's because of the Neanderthal one, but we definitely, we definitely dropped the dick bone at some point. Mm. Some people think that it might have been luck of the draw. So human beings went through a very severe population bottleneck during right. our evolutionary history, oh. where our population dropped down a really considerable amount. Only, you know, uh, what was it? Maybe 100,000 or something like that humans survived? 10,000? Because of the flood. This is around 5,000 years ago. What was it about not having a penis bone that allowed those 10,000 not penis bone having individuals to survive? So the thing about population bottlenecks is that the thing that comes out of it, the genes that come out of it, don't necessarily have to be associated with survival. If you have a small enough population that lives, it could just be dumb luck that certain genes were more popular in that population than others. So you're telling me humans had dick bones, and then by random chance, a.k.a. Noah's Flood, a.k.a. 5,000 years ago, <laughs> we came out of there with no dick bones. Okay, well, so, it's just <laughs> one well, Almost none right of the there. things you said are what I think. But, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but some ancestor of humans, it's possible that just like there are some humans now that don't have wisdom teeth, that there were some proto-human that did not have dick bone right and maybe those were the ones that survived and just by random those they were were lighter so they could float during the flood (laughs) stop stop trying (laughs) to attribute survival benefits the The whole point of this one is there's no survival benefit because they're always hard and god hates that okay because there there are other possible reasons that relate to potential survival benefits right because if you have a dick bone your dick so is out there it could get eaten Chopped off from like lengua, like kicked really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lingua. Well, humans sometimes fight each other. That's true. And I've seen Greeks fight. You go straight for the dick. They go for the dick. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> and those dicks that the Greeks are going for are small dicks. Okay. I've seen the statues. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. if they're already going for that when it's a small target, that's imagine p- if there's an entire bone. Yeah, in that's there. pinpoint accuracy. So what you're saying is, as someone who's more of a grower than a shower, I'm I'm actually just more evolutionarily evolved. By having a dick that can be more out of the way when it doesn't right. need to be in the way. Sure. In fact, hypospadius was originally also an evolutionary goal, right? Because he peed out a little corner. <laughs> <laughs> that was more discreet during warfare. Right. <laughs> actually, actually, the story of how they knew I was hypospadius right away, apparently I came out of my mother peeing like as they lifted me up, yeah. which is apparently a really common thing. Okay. Um, but rather than peeing straight out, I was yeah. peeing straight down. And yeah. so it was like yeah. a Doctor's like, why is there shit dribble down my arm? This is peeing on me. Well, I'm sure they would have figured cloaca. it out. Yeah. I'm sure they would have figured it out either way. Yeah. But, yeah. It's <laughs> like I came out announcing it to the world. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. So another potential, you know, if you're thinking about there being a penis bone in a human, right? Humans stand pretty upright. Unlike some of our close cousins and everything. Right, like monkeys and lions. Right, and so like a lot of primates and everything don't often stand straight up. And so it could be that standing straight up kind of more pronouncedly pushes out a baculum, which could be not good. Right. Humans are distance runners, and it's possible that... It chafes. Running with a boner or like running semi-hard, not fun. Yeah. Okay, it's Well, it's funny looking. (laughs) That's true. But if you're hunting gazelle for days, that's rough. Yeah. You get sunburned. Yeah. Yeah, so get that guy out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Let it become a small penis. So you can run around. Right, okay, so you've convinced me dick bones are bad. Yep. We're lucky we don't have a dick bone. It's part of intelligent design. Nope. We're intelligently designed (laughs) animal. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, sure. Sean, 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 let me, this is something that is in your notes. Okay. And you didn't have a chance to bring up because we talked about dick so enthusiastically for so long. Yeah. Like, things like muscles and barnacles have huge dicks, right? They're like, fuck each other from a station. <laughs> you are a distance. son of a bitch. Because that is in my notes, but it's in the next section. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're done talking about dick bones. Then is that yes. what I'm getting from this? We're you, done you, with dick bones. Maybe, maybe in biblical times they had a better understanding of biology than we realize. You know, maybe the whole like God taking a rib from Adam thing is a mistranslation. Maybe, maybe he God took, took the, the dick, dick bone. bone from Adam and made women with it. That is what mm, happened. Women made out of dick bone. That is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, I was reading an article. The last thing about dick bones. It's not even actually about dick bones. It's about penis spikes. Yeah. Right? Because chimpanzees have penis spines. Ah. You know what I mean? That's what God took out of Adam. Well, (laughs) yeah, he did. Because we don't have them. Um, (laughs) You got them. And specifically, specifically, what God did was he reached down into our chromosomes and removed a chunk of DNA that's actually non-coding DNA. Mm. But it regulates some nearby genes that are responsible for certain kinds of nuanced responses to testosterone. So actually... Our penises respond slightly less to testosterone while they're in development than chimpanzee penises do. Interesting. And so our penises do not form spines. And it's because of this chunk of non-coding DNA in our chromosome that was deleted sometime back when we had our we were diverging from our last common ancestor. Is there a single because I know a lot of animals have spines on their penises. Is there a single reason why you'd want to have a spine on your penis? I don't I don't really get that one. I never have. Yeah, yeah. So one potential reason is if you're an animal and not a human, having sex with an unwilling partner, it kind of gets you stuck in there. And so they can't shake you off quite so easy. Right. Another potential reason is that the spines or spikes or whatever could actually help uh, Maybe they'd be more willing if your penis had fewer spines. Well, we'll get into that in the next section a little bit. All, but... all the other giraffes are like, look at here, Mr. Progressive. All uh, right, with his spineless in, in, in dick. Our, in our last episode, we talked about a sea slug that has a spiny dick. And the reason for the spines on its dick was to scoop the cum from other sea slugs oh. out of the vagina that they've just been fucking so that their cum can win. Basically, uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the diversity of penis forms out there how many different sizes there are and what role sexual selection plays. Right. Even within there's this room, there's actually just one size penis, huh? I don't know. Wait, how much do you know about well, the like, size of our relative penises? Well, you told me your size and oh, shit, I've seen I? your size <laughs> and I photographed your size. So you're holding a lot of the cards in this situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just as many birds do not have any penis at all, some animals have very large penises. Right. right? So as you alluded like a to, giraffe. as you alluded to earlier in a chunk of uh, audio that might have been cut, <laughs> uh, barnacles have penises that are many times their body length. Right. So that they could basically bang their neighbors without getting up out of their house. Right. right? You like, like yep. right on over. So as a brief reminder, barnacles are crustaceans. Yeah. Right. So they're like little crab. Things. They're the little fuckers stuck to like. Holes under the water. Right. They are sessile, which means that they build a little home and they stay there. Like right? me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you. Like I, you. I get Wi-Fi. 
And I stay sassa. And my dick goes wee over to Stacy at her computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, they unfurl their penis. Yes, like and me. And then they take it on a walk over to their neighbor's house while they stay on the couch, basically. Yeah. That's the idea da, da, of a barnacle. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Squidward looking dick. You knock on the other barnacle. What's that song, Baby Elephant Walk? That's the penis walk. That's a barnacle penis. There are insects. Like the black and red bug. That's its name. Yeah. It's European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gucci. Uh, they have a penis around three quarters their body size, mm. which is apparently necessary to navigate the labyrinthine vaginas of their mates. Wow. Because they got to really snake it on in there. But why are there so many sizes and shapes of penises? Fun. One of the major ideas in penis evolution is sexual selection. Right. A.K.A. Reproductive competition between members of the same species where some characteristics of that individual's junk increases the likelihood of mating and or securing fertilizations. See, I feel like that's a very easy thing to say in the abstract, but that's very controversial in human society, right? Like, really? Sure. Yeah, if well, that were true, right, sending an unsolicited penis pic would work like... Most of the time. Well, I have a guy. I know a guy. I have a guy. I know a guy for whom that does work. I got a guy for dick pics, okay? Don't worry about it. It works for him like 6% of the time. I was, I was hanging out with him and two other buddies in Korea, and he sent like a dick pic to a girl, and she was like, I'm fucking two guys right now. Come over. And he's like, no, I only fuck one girl, like not guys too, okay? Is there another girl? And she's like, no, it's just me and these two guys. And he's like, mm, what else is that? She's like, chicken. And he's like, mm, I don't know. I don't like anybody in this story. <laughs> um, we were just like flabbergasted. <laughs> uh, don't send unsolicited dick pics to anybody. It was solicited. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> solicited dick pics. If she was already with two other guys and ready to invite a third... If she was soliciting some dick pics. No, that's fine with me. That's fine. As long as it's solicited. That's yeah, yeah. fine. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes you solicit a dick pic and you still don't get one. Like, sometimes I'll text you or Andre. Yes. And I'll be like... I knew that's where it had to go. Um, <laughs> I call it... I don't know about night. you, Sean. I almost never comply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have a hard time finding the right angle. Yeah. That's my issue. I was drunk. I was a lonely Nathan texting me. All right. Mine so just so rarely has anything good to wear. It's like, you know, yeah. you don't want to take a picture. <laughs> so, um, so sexual selection is not controversial, in my opinion. Sexual selection's impact on the human penis is somewhat controversial. Right. Because the association's not 100% clear. The thing about uh, sexual selection and the way that it plays a role in evolution is that you need to have two things for sexual selection to actually have an impact on the evolutionary trajectory of a penis or an animal in general. Okay? Yeah. One of them is that that characteristic needs to be heritable. Okay. Right. That's kind of obvious, but you need to be able to inherit it for it to have an impact on evolution. Right. right. If it's a trait that's not inheritable, then who gives a shit? Like, as far as like, like hair color. You can't inherit hair color. So like like dyed it's, hair, it's color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not regular hair. Can't color. inherit pink. But penis size, for example, is heritable. But heritability is Except not. Except in your case. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on, I'm getting to this. Her heritability, heritability is not a yes/no thing. It's a 
percentage, basically. Mm -hmm. How heritable is it? Right. And so when things have a lot of environmental factors that can play a role, right, then that means that it's some amount heritable, but not 100% heritable. Right. Right? And so penis size is not 100% heritable. Its heritability ranges somewhere between 10 and 30%. What's 100% heritable? Uh, There are certain dominant negative mutations in genes that can, like, cause really serious like genetic right like diseases. shooting like shooting laser beams out of your eyes yep well not no. not that's, doing that is 100 percent heritable that's that's and and doing that is 100 percent uninheritable and so no one has it right <laughs> yeah well that was more confusing than it was helpful but, but yeah. it's accurate right <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess so yeah there are some uh, highly regressive gene to, oh uh having more than five fingers on your hand oh polydactyl Right? Yes. Yeah. That, that's extremely heritable? Uh, that's 100% heritable. I had no idea. That's interesting. Because it, it's a dominant mutation. And oh. so, so why if one do parent so has few it, people then have their it. children will all have it. Because uh, like no one wants to have sex with someone that has <laughs> six fingers, I'm, maybe. I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that's I, probably it, though, isn't it? I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. I just know that that one's dominant. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, so penis size... I mean, first of all, it's probably not determined by just a single gene, right? And second of all, it's not 100% heritable. But besides heritability, there is another factor that comes into play. And that's how hard it gets selected for. Mm. AKA, like, how much does the female give a shit? Right. Right? Because if it's something that she really cares about for some reason, and it's, like, sort of heritable, it still might cause a selective force, a pressure right. on evolution. Like antlers getting bigger or something. Right. Isn't exactly. isn't it true that average penis size in human males has actually been going down the last few generations, at least that we've like decided yeah, to measure? Yeah, a few decades. Yeah. 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 What, what's up decades. with that? Is that's that like selection Democrats. or is that like microplastics or what's going on there? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I think some people, so a lot of genital development happens in the kind of early embryo. Early fetus. And so... So the penis evolves or develops before the brain. So the penis is more important. Is that accurate? Ipso facto. <laughs> I'm worried that you're right. Hold on, let me think. <laughs> Not... Well, from an really. evolutionary standpoint, the penis is more important than the brain, right? Ah, uh, but perhaps we need the brain to enter the penis into the, the vagina. I think brains came first. Brains came first. And penises? Yeah. Especially with bolts. Because a brains. lot of fish don't have penises, but they got brains. Right, because you can just secrete stuff. Yeah, but there's bugs that have penises that are three quarters of their body. They don't have brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, they but, got but penis came before. Or no, I guess that's a convergent evolution of a penis. That's a convergent dong. <laughs> but I think brains came first. <laughs> All right, whatever. We'll converge dongs later. It's fine. I think brains... Is a convergent dong where you have the same penis base, and then it splits in two, and then comes back into a dickhead? It's the coming back together that's important. Uh, that's, conver- that's, it's, that's... it's having the tips touch again. I screamed the first time I saw one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so ran out of the door. I think we had brains before we even came onto land. Right. But we didn't necessarily we have We had so brains dogs. before we came on the land. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Holy shit, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh my god, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, oh, evolution of penis stuff. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so that means that there needs to be this combination. You need to have somebody caring, and then you also need to have the trait be heritable. Right. right? And so, as it turns out, in studies with humans and several other animals, right. females have a tendency, 
in humans and some other animals to kind of like larger penises. Interesting. Except ever since Woody Allen films, <laughs> which is why penis sizes have been getting smaller over the last 40 uh, years. That's why. Annie Hall. You should be a guest on the Freakonomics podcast because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's exactly the kind of shit they would eat up. Yeah. They're like, we all love Annie Hall and our dicks are all tiny. Great. <laughs> Great. We did it. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So, so basically there's a slight female in humans and some other animals preference for larger penises. Yeah. Up to a certain point. And then after a certain point, like first you have like diminishing returns of how much that extra centimeter like really gets you in female interest. Yeah. And then after a certain point, it looks kind of daunting. And then they're not so interested in you. You measure your penis in centimeters? <laughs> it's a bigger number. <laughs> He's a scientist, Nathan. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> I um, measure mine in kilometers, baby. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got a point zero zero one kilometer dong. I... I measure volume, okay? So it's <laughs> yeah. all milliliters, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I measure the solubility of my penis. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and by the way, when I'm talking about interest when it comes to the selective forces, it's not always female interest. Male-male competition can also drive things like antlers, like you were saying. Yeah, right? and penis fencing. Uh, kind of, kind yeah. of. So one thought was that larger penises might help sometimes in trying to get the sperm as close to the egg as possible for right. fertilization. But right? that's not really important with humans, right? No, not with humans. Yeah. But with some other animals, that's one of the drivers of penis length. And in a sense, that's kind of an arms race between different males to see which one can get their sperm closer to the egg. Right. Right. And so there's that kind of competition. Yeah, I mean, some animals' penises are shaped in ways to specifically to scoop out other men's right. like, stuff, That too, was right? the sea slugs we were just talking about, right? Or sure, with spines, but there's also kind of scoopy-shaped penises yeah. to also... And then, like, like dogs, like, dogs, I don't think, have spines, but they have, like, a knot, right? And that keeps them stuck in there for, like, you know, a good, yep. like, half hour or so. Yep. Damn, dude, and that's also have... to prevent competition. Andre has watched so much dog sex that it's impossible. Dude, I've seen, I, I've seen my dog's penis all the way out. It's a horror show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like his job, basically. He has to watch that dog. Um, so, I guess this kind of leads to a conversation about sexual conflict between males and females of a species. Yeah. Because sometimes penises aren't very nice. Right? We've been talking about, like, spines and shit. Yeah. Like, sometimes it, like, causes actual physical bodily harm to the female to have sex with males. Right. Um, and some just look like xenomorphs. A.K.A. Yeah. dog penises. Sure. Yeah. That's true. But also, bed bugs, famously, have basically, like, hypodermic needle penises so that they can... Is not... there anything good about bed bugs? Because they just sound awful all they, around. They are awful. <laughs> so, look. Look. I guess one thing about having a vagina... And internal fertilization is sometimes there are things that can happen inside the vagina that can exert some amount of control over who you're mating with. Right. Okay. And so some species of animals, their vaginas can contract in different ways mm. if they mate with a male that they don't like. Like Bene Gesserit. For example, chickens, when chickens do the little cloacal kiss and everything like that, the female takes the sperm in, right? But can eject the sperm right away if she just mated with a bird she doesn't like. Whoa. Okay. So there's some ability of control too, there. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's an amount of control that they can have there, right? Bed bugs, male bed bugs, have basically evolved to try to bypass all of that control by stabbing their penis in a spot that's not the vagina of the female bed bug. Wow. Basically, 
Basically, they're like nice guys that realize they didn't have to be nice anymore. <laughs> Yikes! Well, they, yeah. so, so, so they just, that's how I meant it. So they, they just stab that sucker in and come just in the body cavity of the female, basically. Oh. Um, now, like women don't like nice guys; they only like assholes. I'll be an asshole now. That's a bed bug. <laughs> don't be a bed bug, people. Damn, dude, Andre won't let this one go. Andre's like a bed bug, hypodermically needling themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, some female bed bugs have started to evolve what's basically kind of a hardened groove in the spots where the male bed bugs typically like to stab them. And that hardened groove basically kind of like angles the penis, just like sort of like deflects it a little bit. Mm. But deflects it into a secondary reproductive tract that the female has evolved. Basically a second vagina to try to get around the workaround that the males have done to get around the female selection that they could do with their first vagina. So it's wow. not to prevent, like, impregnation. It's just to prevent physical damage? Now it is. Yeah. But they can now exert control over whether or not they accept that sperm within their secondary reproductive tract. Okay. Right? Because some species have more or less control over that. Some species store the sperm of multiple males over a long period of time. Sure. And then we'll kind of select which ones make it through. Like, like a queen bee, right? Just needs to get like fucked once. And then it's like, it just has that shit like in it. Ready to go. Yeah, yep. and, it just, and it just keeps pumping out babies. It doesn't have to get fucked anymore. How is that possible? What do you mean? Well, how, just how does that work? Detachable penis. You, you can keep sperm alive if you want to. <laughs> that, Nathan, don't, don't limit yourself. Okay, and so basically to get back to something that Nathan, you were really fixated on earlier. Yes. Humans are complicated. Yeah. Okay. Because first of all, flaccid penis size is not a good predictor of erect penis size. And it's hard to know what out of those things women, humans, would have seen back in the day when they were trying to select a mate. It's like, it's so complicated to try to deconvolute the culture that humans must clearly have had, because humans have always had culture, to kind of separate out all the other reasons why humans select mates. It's just, it's not clear, and the selective force does not seem very strong. Yeah. Basically. And so human penis sizes do not appear to be strongly under sexual selection. Mm. That's fun. That's, That's fun. cool. Yeah. In fact, with humans, it seems like a moderate penis size is maybe slightly selected for. Right. Although, God, that's got to be just like a claptrap to study, right? Yeah, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. Most of the time, what they'll do is they'll take lessons from other species and they'll be like, maybe that is also for humans. We don't know. You right. Know what I mean? But it's hard. It's hard because in some species, having a penis, a larger penis, makes you more noticeable to predators. Andre brought this up, I think, right. off air. That's a human yeah. problem. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If, you know, you're like, you're running around. There's like a cheetah or something. <laughs> it's See, like, it's look at that dick. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? So yeah, maybe you want to keep that tight. Mm. Keep it close. That makes sense. All right. Well, well that's guys, great. Wow, penises. That's incredible. <laughs> so much dick this was too much yeah. this is too much dick we're, we're gonna have to delay assholes to some other time because i can't you keep know, doing you know this. Yeah, well, next episode is gonna be the taint right yeah, and then we're moving straight on to the asshole we gotta yeah, we, we gotta completely exit baby. human anatomy 
We got to do something else. Do mangrove forests. Okay. I'm trying to get mangrove forests on the itinerary for a while. There's now. there's very little about mangrove forests I want to fuck, so I think we can do that. Yeah, I'm different. Unlike than you. penises. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anytime you recommend a topic, I know it's because you had a wet dream about yeah. it. You know what I think is interesting is after two years of this podcast, um, the audience now officially knows way more about Andre's penis than ours. Oh, yeah. Like, they know the length. They know the structure. I mean, I guess they know the structure of all of our dicks, but, like, they really know about Andre's penis. I feel like that really came through in this episode. Yeah, they know a lot about your butthole, and they know a lot about his penis. That's true. That's great. Uh, and between the two of those images, they have almost at, a full At least human as much as pelvis. his buttonhole knows when, about, when, right? yeah. when we set out so long ago to start <laughs> this podcast, I think this is what we were going for. Two years ago, I to your mission. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so look. So we it's over, to, right? This was it. This we, was the last episode. You don't have to, to do any more anymore. You got me to talk about my penis on air. That's all you really wanted. Got Nailed you. It. It's an it. easy invitation. <laughs> so we have to say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank Currently, you. she's laying on the couch. So yep. pregnant. Oh, my God. Mm. And then let's also give thanks to Brian Allen Man. for and, artwork. Yeah. And, we we uh, thinking Street Griff? Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Leave that in. And then, look, we have an email address. It's PetriDishPod at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account. It's at DishPodcast. We have a Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash PetriDish. There's going to be another episode. It's going to happen. Maybe it's going to be about mangrove forests. Yeah. You know? It might, be about, might be about paint. It's only going to be one episode. It might even be about taint. I'm not doing a two-parter on mango forests. There's a lot to talk about, though. It's just like, it's kind of salty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brackish water. I don't want the brand. All right. We will see you guys next time. Next time.